Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rafu Shalema, for Gitel Batleya, and also for Le'ilu Nishmas, for Yeshaya Ben Yaakov Meyer. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. I am so very happy to have on today's show, Rebitson Devorah Barusin. Rebitson Devorah is a certified marriage and intimacy coach. She provides marriage and intimacy counseling, coaching, and therapy to numerous couples. Rebitson Devorah works with men and women separately and also together as a couple in order to provide the best help and support possible. She also gives classes on marriage and intimacy via Zoom and in person. As a clergywoman at a local prison in Atlanta, Georgia, Rebitson Devorah provides support and encouragement to Jewish female inmates. But her biggest passion is speaking to large groups of couples all over the world to share with them the Torah perspective on marriage and intimacy, and also to offer clear information and guidelines on shalom bias and healthy intimacy. Wow, you have such a special job. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Thank you so much for having me here. This is so wonderful. And you know what? It really is a special job. It's something I am so passionate about and I love so, so, so much. So I'll tell you a little bit about how I got into this. Um, I was teaching Kalas and Kalas, um, I was a Rebbitzin and I was teaching Kalas and Kalas tend to have this, you know, this common misunderstanding that the longer you're married, more boring marriage gets, the less active your intimate life is. And there was such a jaded overview of what they thought they were going into. And I would ask them, why would anybody want to get married if everything's just going to go downhill from here? And none of them could answer. It's just what they'd always heard. And I realized they always heard it because when you hear it, when you believe it, you just fall into a funk. Where's the hope? Where's the joy? Where's the tools to make things good once real life kicks in? Once um, responsibilities and bills and children and sleepless nights. Where's that supposed to come from? Nobody out there was giving them this hope. And so they went in all, you know, starry eyed with the expectation of, okay, this is all it's going to be. And that just didn't sit with me. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't because I know, thank God, from my most wonderful role models, which were my parents, who have counseled many, many, many couples, and in my own marriage, and in the people who, who I valued most, how marriage, and from, of course, our guidance from the Torah, marriage just gets more beautiful and more beautiful and more intimate and more vulnerable and more connected, and that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted for the world. That's what made me happy. So this is the work that I've been doing with a lot of studying, a lot of experience, a lot of working with couples. Um, yeah. And so I have a lot of varied interests, as you said, a lot of varied things that I do. But this is the heart of my passion. And by the way, when I work with inmates, that connectedness, you know, we're supposed to emulate in our marriage, our relationship with Hashem. And all the, right, and all the, um, characteristics that Hashem shows towards us and that we are supposed to relate to Hashem with is exactly what carries through in marriage. It's also exactly what gives hope across the board. And so when you work with inmates, it's that same connection to Hashem. It's the same connection to self, which we'll talk about more because it's so, so important. And that same connection with those around us with a view that comes from positivity and hope, no matter how bad things feel. So, um, it's really the same passion across the board, no matter what I'm doing. 
That is beautiful. Very, very beautiful. And I know that one area that you really specialize in is physical intimacy after trauma. When a woman has experienced physical and or emotional trauma in her past, she often finds it really difficult to be intimate with her husband. What can you tell women who struggle with intimacy after trauma to help it make it easier and more enjoyable for them to be physically intimate with their husbands? Hello, loaded question here. Okay. (laughs) Um, There's no magic solution. There isn't. There's no like, you know, magic words and suddenly everything works okay. Um, What there is, however, is recognizing that you're on the same page, you're in this together, intimacy involves two. And if you hold it all inside, and if you don't share how you feel, and if you're not willing to be vulnerable, and you're not willing to be honest, there's no space where intimacy feels good. There's so much fear response that shows up in people who've been through a trauma that when they come together at this most vulnerable space, no matter how much they want it, no matter how much they want to be connected, no matter how much even physically they can be craving to be together, to get that warmth, to get that excitement, to get that connectedness, they just can't. And this is true, by the way, for both men and women who have gone through some type of trauma. And so women need to be just as supportive and present for their husbands as men need to be for their wives. The difference is, of course, women are by nature martyrs. We like to hold it all together. We're taught, you know, pleasure is for the man. This is where it is. And we forget to bring ourselves into the equation. And when you're talking about somebody with trauma who already is such a small part of the equation who already feel used, who already feel abused. And I'm not just talking sexual trauma, it could be any type of trauma, big T trauma, little T trauma, any type of trauma kind of makes them invisible, takes them out of the picture, makes them a victim of their experiences. And they're already so non-existent in the picture. And when you take that along with the messages, and I speak a lot about messages because if we were to use our innate Bina, our innate wisdom, we would remember that this whole world, everything is here for me. Hashem gave me this beautiful husband and this wonderful family and this wonderful life because this is what I'm deserving of because this is what he feels is important for me in my life. And instead, we take ourselves out of the picture and we don't communicate. We're just in like a martyr mindset. I will do whatever I need to do. And it becomes obligation instead of connectedness. And so the best advice that I would be able to give would be, number one, always get help. Always have somebody guiding you, a counselor, a coach, a therapist, in addition to which you need a mentor, a good friend, somebody who could really hold your hands, help you experience it to the fullest, help you practice vulnerability and really think about how can you best present how you're feeling to your husband in a way that's not pointing fingers, there's no shame, there's no blame, there's no you're doing wrong because I feel this way. No, I feel this way and I want your love and I want your support and I want your understanding. And sometimes it's gonna be hard. And sometimes I'm not going to be as present as I want. And sometimes I'm going to want, but I'm going to need you to work me through it, to help me connect the way that I want to connect with you. Because I love 
and our connection has so much potential and is so strong. I wish that I could show it in the way that I want, but I need your help for that. Wow. That's, that's very powerful. That is really, really powerful. I like that. And this way, the couple, the couple is working together to help the one who's like really, really struggling to get past those struggles, to get through those struggles. So they could both really, really connect to each other ultimately in the end. Absolutely. And so often when a woman is working on it on her own, what lands out happening is it's such a deep, intense work that it carries through all different parts of their life. And so while they're working on themselves, they're also getting more irritated with their husband, more irritated with their children, less patient in their job, less patient with life. And it's very hard for a spouse to stand by if he doesn't understand what's going on or she doesn't understand what's going on. And when you share it, you hold it, hold it together. You're carrying it together. And everything works better when you do it together. For sure. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But so many women struggle in marriages where their husband is passive. He gets up in the morning, goes to work, comes home, eats dinner, watches TV and goes to sleep. There's no real emotional connection. They need to give their relationship CPR. (laughs) (laughs) Revive their emotional connection with their husband, even if that connection has been gone for many years. I love this question and I love how you worded it because it literally needs CPR, literally. And what that really means, if you think about it, if you visualize what you just said, right? CPR, emotional CPR. What are you doing when you give CPR? You give your life. Exactly. You're giving your breath into this person. Life goes on, life marches on if you don't put the effort into it. And that's not saying you have to do all the work and your husband doesn't. Absolutely not. But men are really interesting creatures. They're fascinating in that they're so strong in some ways and they're so dependent in others. And all their success when, you know, when, it, it, when we talk about the man being the head, but the woman being the neck, mm-hmm. we make the man be able to do what he is able to do. It's because it's not that we are enabling him through our physical actions necessarily. It's that emotional support. And so if we're there for our husbands in the way, imagine the way we would want to be supported when there was something really heavy weighing on us. We can also just go through the motions. It's very easy to just go through the emotions. It's brainless. It builds up stamina and it allows you to hide behind a wall. You don't have to be vulnerable. You don't have to be in connection or in conversation. You don't have to put any risk on the line. Nothing. It's easy. And most people fall into their space of comfortable They don't even realize it. Men don't mean to be apathetic. Our husbands don't mean to be apathetic. What do they go to work so hard for? What do they do the things they do? Not that we don't also work hard, but a man feels like a man when he's appreciated for what he's doing, when he's doing it for his family. He's not just going out to make money. Look at all the people in the world who make tons of money who are so unhappy, who actually turn around and go kill themselves. They don't have what's giving them life breath. That life breath is the emotion you invest in them, the acknowledgement, the appreciation, almost like cheerleading. Yes, honey, you can do it. I know you can. And I can't wait till you come home today to see your smile and hear about your day. We also fall into that rut. 
You know, many times I hear from women, I'm so exhausted. My husband comes home, I'm covered in spit up. I take the baby and I give him here. I've had him all day. It's your turn. How's anybody supposed to be excited to come home at that time or want to talk in that way? Everybody needs decompression. We need it. They need it. And I guess this is where I go back into self-care. If you truly want to be supportive of your husband, you have to be able to be hold yourself in enough esteem that you take care of yourself. That doesn't mean go get manicures and, you know, sit martinis. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that give you peace of mind. Things get quiet for a minute or things are too crazy for a minute. That's the time you're going to stop. Take a cup of hot chocolate. Take a cup of tea. Have a cup of coffee. Breathe. If you like to read, read. If you like to put on music, put on music. What if you can't? Life's too busy. Blast that music and dance with your children. Do something that gives you freedom of expression, that gives you a chance to decompress so you can be more present for all the people in your life, whether it's your husband, whether it's your workplace, whether it's your parents, your children, your siblings. There's never, ever enough of us as women to go around. We're always going to be spread too thin, always. But if you're spread too thin without having anything to spread, then you're never going to be able to cover all the corners until the crust that you need to cover. It's always going to be, you know, a, a weak, miserly peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, wow. That's true. You know, it's, I don't think women realize how important self-care is because if we don't take care of ourselves, we have nothing to give to others, like zero. And not just to our husbands, we have nothing to give to our kids either, to our friends, to our families, to our communities. We have nothing, we have zero. So self-care, I feel like very um, underrated and it's underappreciated. And I, I don't feel like enough women do it. I think that if more women put themselves as a priority and took care of themselves, mind, body, and soul, they would really be able to give more to their husbands, to their children, to their parents, their families, and, and just all over in general, to their jobs, everything. It's so true. And to remember that it's not just that physical break, but it's friendship. Yes. Pick up the phone, call a friend. How, how many of us don't put time into friendships? That's so important. Friendships are so nurturing. Take the time to daven. Hashem is right there. You know, most women don't have a chance to sit down and daven properly. So what? You're talking to Hashem all day long. Get in the habit of talking to Hashem. Get in the habit of gratitude to Hashem. Get in the habit of noticing the things around you, whether they're good or they're not good, and thanking Hashem for every single thing that he puts in your life. We don't look at this as self-care. We look at this as connection with Hashem, but actually taking the time to notice everything in our life. Instead of letting it be a blur to pass by, in acknowledging Hashem, we're actually acknowledging our lives. And the more we can acknowledge ourselves in our lives, the more we have available to share and enhance our loved ones' lives and our community's life. This is so true. It's 100%. I agree. Um, but often if the emotional connection is gone from a marriage, like let's say a woman was, really wasn't taking care of herself. And, you know, as we just said, like it, it can impact everywhere. If the emotional connection is gone from a marriage, the physical intimacy is often non-existent. They quite often hear about women who are married to their husbands for decades without being physically intimate with them. It could be that the spark died or maybe it was really never there in the first place. 
Or maybe it's because the husband is busy with work and the wife is busy with the kids and quite often with her job as well. And we spoke about reviving emotional connection in a marriage, but how can we also revive the physical connection? Good question. And again, I think this is something that is often not addressed with accountability. I'll be a little controversial here, okay? Yes. I think there's a huge amount of accountability from a woman when it comes to physical connection. So let me backtrack a little. There's going to be times in a woman's life where she's not going to have physical connection and she's not going to understand where it comes from. And she's going to wonder, is there something wrong with my relationship? Is the emotional connection gone? Does he not love me anymore? Do I not love him? Was I ever attracted? Very often, these are questions women have. They just start questioning the relationship. Number one, very often it's hormones or a vitamin deficiency or a medication that somebody is taking that just makes their libido so low that they think that there's something wrong with their relationship. And actually there's nothing wrong with the emotional connection, but we make something wrong because we overthink it instead of following up on what could possibly be. So I want to start with that and say, it's really, really important. Number two, I want people to realize that that physical intimacy is the most amazing, beautiful gift from a Kaddish Baruch we ever could have possibly had. It's not something that a human being ever could have thought up. The ability to take two people and merge them into one so closely, emotionally and physically at the same time is an incredible gift. And often it's used as a weapon. Interesting. It's used as a weapon because... I'll give you when I feel close to you. I'll be with you when I feel we're connected. I'll be with you when you've treated me the way I want you to treat me, when you've said things the way I want you, when you've done the responsibilities that I've asked you, when you've been helpful in the house. And that's very, very conditional love. Very conditional. Do we take a diamond ring and say, I'll only wear you when you're shining just so. And I'll only wear you when you're fitting me properly and you match my outfit. And I'll only wear you when I'm in the mood because right now you're not so comfortable. We don't do that. We forget our relationships. Our spouses are our diamonds. They are what make us shine. And if you go into it with the right mindset, not as a weapon, but as a gift that you give each other to enhance your relationship, you'll find so often it's the mindset that brings you emotionally closer together or farther apart. You know, I have this, my favorite relationship hack in the world is to stand across the room, just to stand somewhere across the room or even in another room and watch your spouse while they're doing something and just start thinking to yourself, wow, this is the man or woman. A man should do this also. This is the man who I married. Look at him. He's such a good father. Look how kind he's being. Look how gentle he's being. Look how he's helping. Look how he's finishing with what he's doing and he's washing his hands. I love that I married a man who's responsible about how they look, who cares. Whatever it is that turns you on and let your mind wander. Let your mind wander into thinking and recognizing what this man does and who he is, not what he does for you. 
but who he is as a human being. He just took the garbage out. I didn't even ask him. That is so nice. It's so considerate. I could focus on the fact that he dragged it across the carpet and there's drippy, stinky garbage water all over the floor. But why? What am I gaining? The garbage water is going to be on the floor anyway. All the leakage is still there. And if it's going to smell, it's going to smell whether I'm upset about it or I'm not. Focus on that positive. You will find the emotional connection revives itself quicker than you can blink because it's really there, even in the most difficult of marriages, even where there's arguing, even where people feel like there's no support, even when they feel there's alone. And obviously a disclaimer here, because this obviously does not work in an abusive marriage. Abusive marriage is an entirely separate discussion. But in your average marriage, it's so, I won't say easy, but there's so many steps that we can take to bring ourselves into an emotionally aware area in a space where we can be emotionally connected through our own paradigm shift of what our spouse means to us and who they are as a human being. We can appreciate them all over again. And again, I have to add in, if we can't appreciate ourselves, if we can't see the things that we offer in the world, if we don't go through our day and say, wow, pat on the back, I did that really well. I can't believe it. I never thought I could do it. And I did. Right? Yeah. But how are we supposed to notice it in our husbands? So true. Yeah. So really remember that the basis of an emotionally connected marriage, the basis of a physically connected marriage is all about being aware of who we are and how we're present in the world we live in, how we're being in the world we live in and in relationship with the people around us. So powerful. Wow. It's so much, so many golden nuggets of wisdom that you just shared. It's so amazing. You're right. And, and it all takes us back to what you were saying before with the self-care, making sure that we ourselves are our whole and taken care of. And that way we are, we can at least be in a place where we could be in a positive mindset to cultivate that emotional connection with our husband and thinking positive thoughts about him. Because if we're not even thinking positive thoughts about ourselves, forget thinking positive thoughts about him. Like that's just out of the question. Absolutely. And you know, so many times we think, do I really deserve this time now? Can I justify it? Can you justify it? Can you <laughs> not justify? Can, is there any way you cannot justify putting the time in? It's not selfish when you put the time into yourself. If you look at the mitzvahs we're given as human beings, everything has a time slot. And we're supposed to connect with Hashem. We're supposed to connect with each other. We're supposed to connect with ourselves. All three are part of what Hashem asks of us through our mitzvot, through our avodas Hashem, in order to connect with him or connect with ourselves and those around us to be able to properly connect with him. 100%. It's not selfish. It's the most important foundation for every relationship, marriage being the most precious and the most, um, almost the most fragile yes. relationship we have in our lives. So you treat it with care. You treat it with care. It's not old fashioned to want to be there for your husband. It's loving and it's not new age for him to support you as the woman. It's loving. Take it down to a human level. 
take culture out of it and just follow the Torah and follow your heart. And you'll find there's so much more there than you ever could imagine. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, I want to ask one more question about, it's very, very relevant to what's going on in our world right now, you know, as we speak. I mean, our society is changing very, very rapidly right now. Things are not the way that used to be only two years ago. It's so different if you think about two years. So true. Yes. And the dynamic between couples is also changing, especially if they're both working from home and now they're spending more time with each other. It used to be, you know, they get up in the morning and the husband goes to work and the wife also sometimes goes to work, you know, but now quite often they're working from home together. How are all the changes that are happening in the world affecting men and women as husbands and wives and also as parents? Oh my goodness. Such a relevant question right now. and so important. And I'll tell you from my clients, if you had a good marriage, it only gets stronger. If you had a tough marriage or if you had underlying things that you were in denial about because it was easier and you could just go about your busy life and not address, all those are going to come creeping up, which makes it a very delicate balance. Parents with children all the time who are all home, especially when school keeps getting canceled and they keep being home when you don't expect it and it throws your whole flow and you don't get anything done and you're frustrated, especially if you have to be working at the same time. Unfortunately, children lose from this. So that's a very dire type uh, prediction here, but actually it's not. You know, when I talk about it, I say it's so hard. That sounds really like, oh my goodness, so what are we supposed to do? But what an incredible opportunity. Do you know how many people have gotten to know their spouses when they never really did? You date, you ask questions, you have curiosity, you're interested in each other, and then you get married and things get busy and you stop being interested in each other. You start thinking who's doing the dishes and who's picking up the laundry and who's driving carpool and what's your schedule so that I can be available and what time is supper. You stop being interested, the curiosity about each other goes away, except we don't stop evolving as people. And if you don't keep up with who your spouse is, then basically you're living with a stranger. You think you know them. And so you make assumptions and that's how these things come up and creep up that either you don't want to admit are there because you haven't evolved together. You're evolving separately or things were tough and now you have to face it. What a wonderful opportunity to really get back into curiosity, get back into dating. You now people talk about date night. And I think date night is fantastic. Yes. And they talk about the rules of, you know, no talking kids, no talking responsibility. And when I talk to women about that, they're like, or men, they're like, so what are we going to talk about? Right, exactly. <laughs> they have nothing to say to each other because their life doesn't hold more. Do you remember how I used to people watch? Do you remember I used to talk about concepts? Do you remember I used to think about what would my dreams be? What would my goals be? If I had a million dollars, what, how would I change the world? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. What happened to that curiosity about each other? What happened to the divertory you learned that you just never bothered sharing? Because who has time or opportunity when we're not sitting together and talking? And the discussion that that provokes and the opinions and the friendly banter or the arguing out your points until you come to the realization that maybe you're on totally a different page, maybe on the same page, but your goals are the same. 
so much potential and possibility comes up. And you know what? Some of that potential is getting to know how you're different. Some of that potential is getting to understand that there's so many different ways of approaching life, so many different ways of approaching parenting. Hashem gave every child, ideally, ideally, two parents. Unfortunately, that's not always able to be. But the idea of two different perspectives in raising a child, the idea of two different perspectives of addressing the world, the idea of I daven and I go to shul or I daven in my house, two totally different perspectives on connection with Hashem and definitely different perspectives on who we are as human beings and how we've evolved and how that affects the house. What's the rhythm? Usually, whether it's the husband or the wife taking care of the home, and these days it's pretty evenly both. Not evenly, but getting there. The husband has much more responsibilities than he used to have. The wife comes home, she has no idea what the flow was. No idea what the routine was. Or the husband comes home and he's like, oh yeah, you know what happened at basketball practice? Wait, which kid is in basketball? Right? <laughs> they have no idea what you do all day long. When you're together, you have an opportunity to share what you do. And so the opportunity for marriage to grow, for appreciation of each other to grow. A husband who thinks, what does a wife do all day? Magically, the house is spotless. Magically, the kids are fed and bathed and taken care of. Magically, they've learned brachos and they learn manners and they've learned how to clean their room. That's just expected. Well, when you know, when you spend this time at home together, you get an opportunity to see the effort that goes into taking care of a home, that goes into raising children. All of a sudden, there's this level of, of appreciation. And I'll add on one more level of appreciation, which has, is unbelievable during this COVID time. And that is that children tend to both idolize and have expectations of parents. Both sides completely unrealistic. Um, my parents could do amazing things. They could do anything. They could be the ones to cover for me. They could be the ones who this. They could. Plus, I expect them to do absolutely everything I want, when I want it, in the exact way that I want it. Right? And so we spend usually a lot of our time guiding and disciplining and setting boundaries. And those are all important. But when you're all home together, children get to see their parents as human beings, as people who are also entitled to emotion, as people who also need personal space, as people who also need sometimes to work things out, and as people who are more available when they're available, because you don't have to go running out to do everything you need to do. And so it's such a beautiful opportunity in a home. And I think really, all of life is an opportunity. The more challenges you have, the more opportunity you have for growth. Yes. The more opportunity you have for a change of a shift in perspective. And the more opportunity you have to really, really be self-aware. And I think that can only enhance a home if you have the focus there. And if your focus is just on survival, I just got to get through the day. I have one more day. I can't believe it. I sure hope they have school tomorrow. Oh my goodness. I can't continue working from home. I had all these computer issues and my husband just needed me every minute. And I never got anything done. Right. If that's your perspective, you're not going to gain, 
But if your perspective is one of hope, is one of connection, is one of understanding, is one of curiosity. And I love curiosity with a capital C. <laughs> I mean, forget a capital C, capital every letter. That's what it's all about. Rediscover each other every single day. You know, it's the most beautiful thing. When I, when I, especially when I go to bed late, but which is too often, but even when I don't, right? When I say Muda'ani in the morning, and I think to myself, and there are many Mephorshim who say, how great is your belief? It's not our belief in Hashem, it's Hashem's belief in us that we can take on a new day and we could be the best people we could be. If we're given that chance every single day, how come we don't give that chance to our spouses? Good Why don't we give them the opportunity? They may have things we don't love about them, but we're no party to live with either. <laughs> we're not perfect. And they put up with us. Let's come in with a positive perspective. Let's come in with a perspective of, I am going to find the good today. I am going to find the parts of my life that are blessings and that are beautiful. The negative is going to exist. That's not my focus. I'm going to enjoy what I have. I'm going to thank Hashem for what I have. And I'm going to be the best me that I can be and help my children and my spouse be the best that they could be. That's so beautiful. And that's the perfect, that's like the highlight. I feel like that sums it all up. I'm going to find the good today. And with that positive mindset, we can go forward and we can really develop that emotional connection with our husband. We can take care of ourselves. We can forge on in the physical intimacy of our relationship. We can make our whole home flourish. So, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And physical intimacy is really the clincher. You don't worry about saying the wrong words. Right. It's a whole nother language of connection. Take advantage of that also. See the bracha in that also. Enjoy the fact that Hashem gave us the ability to be entitled to physical pleasure. This is not a man's thing. This is a woman's thing. In the ksuba, it's physical pleasure to us. We got it all backwards. All backwards. This is what we are given as a gift. Look at it as a gift. Find the good. Enjoy. Embrace. Dance while you jump on your bed. Have <laughs> make the most, make it a place of self-expression to the person who is most important in your life. So and I, I just wish everybody to find that happy place within themselves so that that happy place can be anywhere in the kitchen, in the living room, in the backyard, and in the bedroom. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Everson DeBoer. We really appreciated you being here. And this we learned so much. And we hope that all this learning will be for the Rafua Shalema of Gizobat Leah and Nishmat for Yeshaya Ben Yaakov Meyer. Absolutely. And thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.